Hello, everybody. Renee and I just came back from a 62-day trip all across America. We went from sea to shining sea. Uh, we started in Texas, went to California, went back across to the East Coast, down the coast, Florida, back up and back again. Made a huge rectangle. Administered in uh, 12 churches. Uh, we went to 24 states. We had something like 35 services. Uh, had a tremendous time. Great people, great pastors, great friends and partners everywhere. And I tell you, the meetings were anointed. They, God moved. The Holy Spirit fell. And I was so thrilled. I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged and have a new hope for the church in America because people were hungry. There was none of the surface noise that you usually hear when people get through listening, uh, zipping their Bible cases, zipping purses, getting ready, leaving. Everybody stayed just intent. And some churches were even going, come on, preach longer, preach longer. And uh, even Renee preached two hours one night. And so we just had a great time, tremendous time. So today on our program, we're showing the camp meeting that we did at Nancy Dufresne's great camp meeting. And uh, I preached about two hours. And so we split it up into sections because I tell you, I covered a lot of territory. The Spirit of God spoke through me and people were pulling. And it was a tremendous uh, service, a tremendous uh, day. And uh, I know you'll be blessed. As soon as we get through with this, we'll start all over again. Uh, our, our pick up again on our spiritual authority series. I think we're on part like 19 and haven't even scratched the surface. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a blessing. Uh, and I'm encouraged about the word of God. I'm encouraged about the church. And we're, we're going to have to take the word, get in it, get serious, make it work, take authority, take dominion, and be the Christian God's called us to be. God bless you. Love you. You're more than conquerors. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. I'm 24 years old. I'm a faith guy. And, you know, I, I understand spiritual things and authority. And, and I said, I'm a man of God and got authority over you in the name of Jesus. You can't kill me. Come on. Well, that made him mad. Yeah. He poked me at that gun again and yanked on my car. Said, I said, I'm going to kill you. And I said, and I said, I'm a man of God and I've got authority over you in the name of Jesus. You can't kill me. He said, we're going down the road like this. Kenneth's still preaching. I just let him preach. And... Uh, <laughs> And so uh, this went on for a while and everything he said to me was a threat and everything I answered him was the word which made him mad. You know, the Bible says a carnal mind is an enemy against God or an enemy of God. But that's not my problem. You know, and so I rebuked him in English and Spanish and tongues and, uh, and, and he kept cursing me. And finally he said to me, he said, he said, what's the matter with you? Aren't you scared? No tienes miedo? I said, no, I'm not scared. I said, why should I be scared? All you've got is a loaded gun. I've got the name of Jesus. I win. <laughs> well, that made no sense to him. But remember, faith doesn't make sense. That's right. Amen. Amen. And this went on for a while. And I said to the Lord, Father, in English, I said, Lord, 
Uh, Jesus said in Luke, tw- uh, Luke uh, 10, 19, that he gave me authority or power over A-double-L, all the power of the enemy and nothing. I spelled it for God. N-O-T-H-I-N-G, no thing, shall by any means hurt me. And I said, that means this man, his gun, his bullets cannot hurt me. And if he pulls the trigger, Father, then you must, M-U-S-T, must do something with the bullets. Not for my sake. This isn't about me, but for your covenant's sake. For you're the covenant God that keepeth covenant. And Jesus said, nothing shall by any means hurt me. It's all about you and your covenant. It's not about me. And we went down the road and, and uh, you know, he picked up some microphones I had laying in the seat. I said, put those down. They belong to God. And I said, everything in this car belongs to God. The car belongs to God and I belong to God. And you can't have any of it. Well, that made him mad. Finally, he got so mad, he just said, pull off the road. Get off the road. So I pulled off the road into a cornfield. He said, get out. And I did. And we met the front of the car. And he said, give me your money, your jewelry, your stuff, you know. And he walked up close to me. And I'm leaning up against the car and just praying in tongues. I don't know what to do. I'm just trying to hear from God. I just knew, use the name, use the blood, use the word, use the covenant, use the power of the Holy Spirit, and then do it again. Use the name, use the blood, use the word, use the covenant, power of the Holy Spirit, and then do it again. Then do it again. Then do it again. Then do it again. And Brother Copeland used to say way back in the old, old, old days, he'd say, hey, this isn't a nine in the ball game we played, we win. So I, so I thought, I'm just going to keep playing until I win here. And so uh, he walked up close to me, and uh, when he did, got up, I'm leaning against the car, and he walked up close to me, and I just stuck my finger in his face, and I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And when I did, he hit me with that gun barrel, just popped me like that, just like that, knocked me back over the car. It hurt. You know, knocked me back down over the car, and then put, put the gun barrel right on my forehead like this. And he's screaming at me, and he said, shut up. If you say one more word, I'll kill you. And I just pushed myself up off the car and just, just put my finger in his face, past his gun like this, and just stepped into him. And I said, I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You can't kill me. You can't hurt me in any way. And when I did, he just jumped backwards a couple of steps. We were nose to nose. He just jumped backwards a couple of steps and shot at me five times at point blank range. And the bullets didn't hit me. In fact, I don't know whatever happened to the bullets. Don't, don't know, don't care. Yeah. Um, I've never asked the Lord, how'd you do that? I don't care how you did it. <laughs> I just know that that night, there's a lot more detail to it that I won't go into. But that night I slept in my bed with my wife and my babies in Guadalajara. And that guy set up in the dark mountains of Mexico with a gun, <laughs> wondering what happened. <laughs> but what happened was the integrity of the word of God. Amen. But see, heaven was listening to all this. Heaven's watching. And heaven said, hey, hey guys, look, look what happened to Terry. Oh, wow. Wow. That guy's got a gun, said you're going to kill him. What's Terry going to say? My angels are pulling for me. I, I'm, that's my guy. I think he's going to say something. So they're watching like this. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? And so I said the word and did the word and said the word and did the word and said the word and did the word. And finally he got out and shot at me. But I'd already said, Father, Jesus said, so if he pulls the trigger, you must, for your covenant's sake. And so whenever that all came down, then heaven moved. Heaven moved. Heaven moved. I was in the jungles of Guatemala years ago. I took an American medical doctor with me from Tulsa, a good friend of mine, still a friend of mine today. And uh, 
uh, medical doctor. I said, hey, I'm going to the jungle to preach. Uh, you want to go to the jungle and do some doctoring? He said, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. And so uh, we went down to Guatemala and went out to the jungle. And uh, uh, while we were there, I, I worked in a clinic with him and I translated for him. And he taught me to give shots and give pills to the people in the clinic. And then at night, we'd go to the river and take a bath and change clothes and walk over to the crusade grounds. And I'd preach and we'd have miracles. And there's one particular night we had had a bath in the river and changed clothes and was going over to preach and our, our afternoon, not wooden night. And uh, here comes this couple, man and woman, with a little tiny baby in their arms, Nancy, tiny. And I, I saw them coming and I thought, that's a, that's a newborn. That's a baby. That's a tiny baby. And the second thing I noticed, Morgan, I, I, I thought to myself, I said, I've never seen a newborn that wasn't in the fetal position. I've never seen a newborn that didn't have their arms and their legs drawn. Uh, that baby's limp. And I thought, this is, this is not good. Thank you for watching today. Renee and I always enjoy ministering to you. And one thing about the Word, it works. I've always said about the, our books and tapes and products that there's no theory back there. It's 54 years of third world missionary evangelism that I know for a fact it works. You know, the COVID thing is about wrapped up, thank God, and uh, different restrictions are lifting around the world. And so uh, we're beginning to move out around the world again, which is what we've done for 54 years. And so uh, we want to invite you to partner with us, to hook up with us, to go around the world with us. You know, in our as far as teaching and training, we train missionaries, uh, we train pastors, uh, I've had pastors' conferences in country after country after country, which is something God spoke to me to do when I was just a teenager, to train ministers. And so we've done that. But we also have open-air crusades and different kind of crusades in different nations uh, with healings and miracles and salvations. So we want to invite you to be partners with us as we have partnered with other ministries all, really all of our lives. And we pray for our partners daily. We'll pray for you daily. So make it a consideration. Make it a prayer. See what the Holy Ghost says to you. And uh, we'd be glad to have you partner with us and go around the world with us. God bless you. And so as we got closer, I could see a little girl. And uh, they came up to us and they said, we heard there's a doctor here. They say, we heard there's a man of God or miracles. And they said, we heard there's a doctor here. And I said, I said yes, this is a doctor right here. And they said, doctor, our baby's 13 days old and been like this ever since she was born. 13 days. And uh, he said, well, let's go back to the clinic. So they took, they left. And I went on over and preached the crusade. And while I'm preaching the crusade, uh, the missionary that lives there, he's in heaven today, but his wife's still there. I still communicate with her. But uh, uh, he came up on the platform, said in my ear while I'm preaching, he said, the doctor says, get everybody to pray. There's no hope for this baby. She's going to die. And I thought, well, I don't want them to pray. They don't know how to pray. You know, so I just said this. I said, folks, there's a there's a baby here at the clinic that needs to be healed. Yes. We need to watch our prayer request. Yes. Yes. Instead of standing up and saying, pray for Aunt Susie. She's dying with cancer. We need to we need to rephrase that a little bit. And so I didn't say there's a baby over here that's dying. I said, there's a baby over here needs to be healed. I said, you agree with what I say. I'm going to pray. and You agree with me. I didn't ask them to pray. And so I prayed and I said, now Father, I decree as a man of God in the office you've called me to that uh, that baby will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Yes. Well, I went on, preached, got people say, had miracles, had testimonies. Nobody's come to tell me about the baby yet. So when it's over, I walk back on over a few hundred yards to the clinic. And when I walk in there, I should have given the sound guys some pictures of this. That would have been cool. But uh, 
when I walked in, the doctor just got her laying on the table, and he's leaning over like this, just, just, and he's just dripping sweat. You're in the tropics. He's dripping sweat. And he looked up at me, and he said, Terry, why did you bring me down here, man? He said, I, I, I can't do anything with this baby. He said, I need a hospital. I need a pediatrics ward. I need, I need machinery. I need equipment. I, I need stuff. And I said, buddy, you just don't got stuff. I said, you, you're welcome to my world. I said, you know, we, we just, we just got to believe God and, and you got to do what you can as a doctor and I'll do what I can as a missionary. And so uh, we stood there and talked a little bit and there's other details I won't go into, but he, he uh, uh, while we are sitting there talking, she died. He took his stethoscope, did all that stuff and felt her neck and took, checked her breath and, and he, well, she's dead. Well, I just scooped her up and held her up before God and started praying. And, uh, and I'd raised the dead a number of times. And so I just went after that one, but it just kept on not working and it just kept on and kept on. And I kept praying and praying and it kept on and I kept praying and it kept on. I kept praying. And so, uh, finally at uh, three o'clock in the morning, I'm holding this baby. Cause I'd been, I'd been holding her this whole time. And I'd talk, I'd, I'd talk to her and I said, baby, Listen, princess, you won't, you won't, I won't bury you. I, I will not bury you. You hear me? You'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. You're healed by the stripes. You hear me? You're healed. I'd hold her out this. I said, listen, listen, baby doll. You're healed. You're healed. You hear me? You're healed by the stripes. You, you'll, 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 I'll not bury you. You'll live and not die. And it's been going on for a long time. And so I'm holding her like this. And he said, uh, the doctor walked up to me. It's three o'clock in the morning. He says, Terry, Terry. And he grabbed my arm and jerked and said, Terry. And I said, what? He said, Terry, listen to me. Listen to me. She's dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. I'm concerned about you. He said, you've been praying for her, holding her up for nine hours. I'm concerned about you. He said, put her down, put her on the table. He said, let's go to bed and we'll bury her in the morning. He said, at least you got her parents saved hours ago. Something good's come out of this. But he said, you know, you did everything you could as a missionary. It didn't work. I did everything I could as a doctor. It didn't work. So now it just didn't work. He said, now put her down. She's dead, Terry. She's dead. You understand me? She's dead. I said, Doc, you leave me alone. Now, there's nothing wrong with him. He's a good guy. He's a word guy. He just, you know, he just. And I said, you leave me alone. I said, I got a job to do. Now, if you want to go to bed, you help yourself. But I, I'm, I'm going to raise this baby up. God, I'm not going to bury this baby. Right. And, and he said, Terry, I said, no, no. Pray with me or go to bed. And so I kept on. And three hours later at six o'clock in the morning, I said, uh, devil, you might as well quit. Because I'm not going to. <laughs> I said, you might as well leave. Because I said, if you want to stay here, you're just going to hear the name of Jesus, the word of God, the blood of Jesus. I'm going to stick you with the sword of the spirit. I'm, I'm not stopping. I'm not going to bear this baby. I said, you have caught me in a situation where I am in spiritual authority. I said, I'm not in America. I love America but I'm not in a hospital there. I love hospitals and doctors and nurses. I appreciate them all, but it's their house, their rules, their authority. Most of you pastors can say with me, you've been to the hospital and they're sweet and they're nice and they're kind and they'll give you about 30 minutes and they'll come very politely and say, now Reverend, uh, we need to do some things here. You need to go take care of the family. 
And I've said so many times, no, 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 I need to do this. No, no Reverend, we, we, we've given you half an hour and, and you, need to, you need to take care of the family. They need you. I said, no, no, no. If I, if they said, that's your job. They, I said, no, no, no. If I do this, then they, that'll fix that. They won't need me if I get this done. Now, Reverend, you have to go. It's their house. It's their rule. their authority. I'm not mad about it. I just understand the system. That's right. And I could tell you 18 dozen stories along those lines. But uh, I said, I said, but but I'm I'm here in the jungle. This is my jungle. This is my jungle. I said, this isn't your jungle. It's my jungle. I'm in authority here. That's right. I said, now the parents had spiritual authority because all parents have spiritual authority over the kids. I said, but they brought it and gave it to the doctor. They didn't come give it to the man of God and the miracles. They, they presented the baby in spiritual authority to the doctor. So the doctor had spiritual authority. Then the baby died. So nobody has spiritual authority. So then I took it. So you need to understand something about spiritual authority. Every time you go into something, you need to understand when you have it, when you don't. And if you don't, if you can get it, because sometimes you can get it when you don't. Or when you don't have it and you can't get it, so you might as well forget it and go to the house. And there are times like that. There are just times that you don't have it and can't get it. But that was one of those times I said, you know, it was the parents. They gave it to the doctor. She died. Nobody has it. I took it. And I said, so I'm in spiritual authority here, and I'm not burying this baby. And when I finished with that little speech to him, I guess he got discouraged and left because she started crying. And uh, God raised her up and healed her of, of what killed her. Isn't that cool? You know what was, you know what was cool, Nancy? Uh, Buddy Harrison had just started his church in Tulsa, FCF. And John, you, where you guys at? You'll, 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 you may have been there that Sunday. You'll, you'll remember this anyway. And uh, before I went to Guatemala, and the doctor went to his church as well. And before I went to Guatemala, I went to the sound guys. Or I went to Buddy first, and, and, and then I went to the sound guys. I said, I'm going to be in the jungle preaching next Sunday. And I said, why don't we? And I said, the missionary has a ham radio. And I said, why don't we, you get the sound guys to rig a telephone to go all the way up to the platform. And next Sunday, I'll call you by ham radio from the jungle and just give a report. And I said, we'll call and get some ham here in America because hams monitor the net. And I said, we'll, we'll get some ham to, uh, on the radio and we'll have him just get on the landline call the church and patch us through. And I'll just talk to the church and give you a little missionary report from the jungle. Well, little did I know that the report I was going to have was that I had just that night... <laughs> Spent 12 hours with a dead baby and God raised her from the dead. So I called them about church time, Tulsa time, and uh, gave them that report. Oh my Lord, that church has about 2,200 people in the church in those days. And I mean, they went nuts. They went wild. In fact, my wife was sitting there. She heard the report and the doctor's wife was sitting there and she heard the report. And, but see, heaven was watching all that. Now, Terry, why did it take 12 hours? I don't have a clue. You ought to see the pictures of me. I can see, man, I had bags under my eye. I've been fighting hell for 12 hours and uh, hot, sweaty, you know, but you know, we won. Yes. This is how faith works. It's just heaven's, heaven's always watching. Heaven's always waiting to see what are you going to do? What are you, what's my guy going to do? What's my girl going to do? What's she going to say? What are they going to, so I know what I'm supposed, so the angels know what they're supposed to do. Amen. That's how faith works. Yes, sir. Amen. 
Yes. That's what happened that night in, in Matthew chapter 14 when Jesus, John the Baptist, his cousin had been killed, been assassinated, been murdered because of that perverted woman. And, uh, and so Jesus was sad about it and he went off to the seashore. He said, I want to be by myself. And he tried to get off by himself and, and, and the crowd wouldn't let him go. And so they, they, they came with him as he had to preach to him. And finally he turned around to the boys and he said, guys, I'm going to stay and send the people away. And then I'm going to go pray a little bit. And I'll catch up with you. Y'all get in the boat and go on the other side. I don't know how they thought you were going to catch up with them. So they did. They got in the boat and left. And so Jesus sent the boys away. He got in and prayed and everything. Now he gets up and looks and there's the boys out there. And he just walks over to the edge and starts walking. The angels probably said, hey, look at the boss. He's walking on water. He hadn't done that before. That's cool. (laughs) So the angels are watching. They're all excited about that. Boys are out there in the boat. And uh, when he gets a little closer to him, Remember, they saw him and thought he was a ghost. Fear every time. Say this, fear and faith cannot live in the same house. Well, you better get that, you better get that on the inside of you. Fear and faith cannot, 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 cannot. They cannot coexist. They cannot live. You cannot live in the same house. And so uh, he's walking on the water. They think he's a ghost. It says they were scared. Fear. That, that only enemy, hell, the only weapon hell has, yes. fear. Yes. And uh, so they said, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, whatever angels said, every time they showed up in the Old Testament, New Testament, what Jesus always said, don't be afraid, fear not. So Jesus said, Jesus said cheer up, guys, be of good cheer. It's me, don't be afraid. And the angels are watching all this. They probably poke at each other and say, <laughs> they think the boss is a ghost. They're scared again. Those guys are scared. One more time. And then Jesus says, cheer up, it's me, don't be afraid. Now that should have settled it. And he's going to walk and get in the boat and go with them to the other side. But Peter had an idea. And he stands up and he says, well, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Don't you know the angel said, do you hear what he just said? <laughs> the boss just said, it's me. Yes, yes, sir. And now Peter said, if it's you, yes. bid me come. Yes. What's the boss going to do? Because if he doesn't bid him come, they're going to think it's not him. Right. So he has no choice but to tell him come. Yeah. Yes, sir. to come. Hey, you got to stand up and get ready because if the boss tells him to come and should he actually come, <laughs> we got to do something. Right. We got to go to work. That's right. right. And Jesus stands there on the water and scratches his head. And he said, what? If, if it's me, I just told him it's me. I just told him it's me. And he says, if it's me, bid him come. So, okay, Peter, come. I bet there was a rustle of angel wings about that time. They stood up and said, oh, hey, guys, come on. If Peter puts his foot out that boat, we got to do a miracle. Yeah. Well, how, how do you guys want to handle this? Y'all want to make Peter light or the water hard? What do y'all want to do? <laughs> we got to... <laughs> right? Yeah. We, we got to do something. <laughs> so, I've had people say to me and Nancy over the years, Terry, why did, why, did, why did Jesus make Peter walk? He knew he did. I said, Jesus had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Peter forced that whole thing. 
if Peter hadn't said that, Jesus would just walked over and got in the boat. That's right. That's right. But Peter says, Lord, if it's you. Yeah. And so sure enough, Peter stood up yeah. and lifted his leg and went over the side of that boat and heaven moved. And I don't know if they made Peter light or the water hard, but they did a miracle that defied gravity in nature because that's what faith does. Faith, faith overrides nature. Faith overrides gravity. Faith overrides water. Faith overrides fire. Faith overrides armies. Faith overrides bullets. Faith over... Amen? It never makes sense except to heaven and those that think like heaven. And I mean, when Peter's foot hit that water... And he walked. And he's walking just fine, looking at Jesus. But the devil, remember the devil? He's sitting on Peter's shoulder like he sits on everybody's shoulder. And his job is to get your focus off of the word or off of Jesus. Doesn't matter what he says to you. It, just, it, it doesn't have to make sense. He just has to get you to break your focus. So he's sitting on Peter's shoulder and he says, Psst, Peter. The wind's blowing, right? The wind's blowing because it says Peter looked around and saw the wind was boisterous. Oh my God, the wind's blowing. I can't walk on water. Well, you can't walk on water anyway. You go out here on a nice calm day to the pool or the lake or whatever and the water's like glass. You just try to walk on it. It doesn't, you can't. Wind doesn't have anything to do with it. But it never has anything to do with faith. But Jesus Faith isn't going to make sense, but neither is what the devil tells you. <clears throat> so Peter looks around and says, oh my God, the, wind, the wind's blowing. I can't walk. And began to sink. Didn't sink. Began to sink. And then he, Jesus, he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus grabbed him. But then Jesus dressed him down and chewed him out. Now the church doesn't like to hear that. The church likes to think that Jesus is a little mealy mouth, sissified, wimpy guy that just would never say anything bad to anybody. No, 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 no. Jesus dressed him down as he had dressed the disciples down many times. And he said, Peter, wherefore did you doubt? What's wrong with you? Why, why did you doubt? Oh, you of little faith. Didn't he? Didn't they walk back to the boat together? Jesus didn't carry him. They walked together. Got in the boat. Disciples got all happy. Went to the other side. Don't you know the next day around noon, they were sitting around the campfire having lunch. And those guys started talking about that. I mean, I would have, wouldn't you? <laughs> they said, that's the greatest thing that happened last night I ever saw in my life. There's the boss walking on water. We thought he was a ghost. And then Peter said, he said, come. And Peter, Matthew might have said, I was right next to Peter. When he stood up to put his foot out there, I got goosebumps on my goosebumps. <laughs> Thomas might have said, yeah, and I still don't believe it, you know. <laughs> Judas, Judas probably said, I could have made some money off that if I'd have had an advance notice, you know. But anyway, how do you think Peter felt? He walked. God did a miracle, a supernatural. Heaven moved for Peter. What did heaven do for those other 11 guys? Not a thing. Not a thing. Heaven did nothing for them because they said nothing and did nothing. Had an old minister, he's been in heaven for decades now, but an old minister one time preached a message at our church and he, he preached on, uh, are you a wet water walker or a dry boat rider? And I walked up to him after service. I was a kid, you know, I walked up to him and I said, I shook his hand, said, oh, that was a great sermon. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. And he said, he said, Terry, 
are you a wet water walker or a dry boat rider? And I said, I'm neither one, sir. He said, what? I said, I'm neither one. I said, I'm a dry water walker. There you go. Amen. I'm going to walk on the water and not sink. I need to let y'all go. Did you get anything out of all this today? My, 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 my. He just kept telling me that he was going to kill me. And I kept telling him that he was not. I said, God, if he pulls the trigger, my job is to believe your word, and your job is to do something about the bullet. 